somebody asks you to speak here, you should try to do it. I mean, I, I resist myself because you don't speak that often. Uh, you have anxiety. That's natural, right? But it is a blessing once you do. Um, I just want to take a minute before we start, and I don't know if you're aware that uh, Gail had a loss this week. The whole family had lost. Gail lost her mom. And so I just want to take a minute and just offer a prayer for you, Gail, because I know you wouldn't ask. So, uh, yeah. So let's just uh, lift Gail and the family up. Father God, uh, this uh, precious, precious servant of yours, Lord. Uh, Father, uh, just, uh, I just ask, Lord, that you would just speak into her heart. Father, that uh, you would surround her. Father, that you would give her uh, just a reassurance, a reassurance of your presence, a reassurance of your love, Lord. Uh, just in the months and even years to come, Lord, Father, that uh, you would just uh, give her peace over her mom's passing. And uh, Father, just reassure her that you haven't moved, that uh, you're there always and she can always turn to you anytime. Sure, she does. So, Father, just bless her and give her peace and surround the whole family, Father. Just bring comfort as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, it's just that we're part of a big family here, so and we're part of a larger family with other congregations and, you know, Christians everywhere. So uh, I know people have turkey in the oven, so I'm feeling that. And, I'm <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> blame other people before this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And so, um, speaking on, yeah, speaking on Thanksgiving and um, being thankful. And there's kind of a formal message in this, but inside of that, we can hear all the thankfulness that uh, that we have and that the Bible tells us we should have, you know, and rightfully so, because none of us would be here if Jesus hadn't died for us. And that, as a base. We should just get up every morning and go, wow, thank you, because what a difference, you know, like, why would you go to work and come home, and wouldn't that, wouldn't that just get exhausting after a while, and, you know, why would you do that, it's just like, what am I doing here, you know, but we have God, so we have Jesus in our hearts, so the Bible says, uh, there's, I mean, there's thousands of things to be thankful for, but we put it down to four things, that we can be thankful for. Uh, we thank God for his goodness. Right? These are big categories and so many things come underneath these. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Psalm 136, 1. And I'm not going to give you a particular scripture, but I will give you a lot of scriptures because throughout the Bible, everywhere, there's thanksgiving. Uh, an example of that is that Psalm 106, 107, 108, one, verse one in each of those, start with those exact same words, right? So we're thanking God for his goodness. Second thing is uh, thank God for his loving kindness. And that's one word. Put those together. You would imagine God is love. And you think of kindness and everything that's in that. Um, when David appoints Asaph over the musicians at the tabernacle, they thank God for his goodness and everlasting loving kindness. And the same thing, that's in First Chronicles 16, 34. And the same thing in Ezra 3.11, uh, Zerubbabel uh, 
lays the foundation for the second temple and praises God for his loving kindness. Third thing, thank God for your local church. And in Colossians 3, 15 to 17, if you want to write any of these down because I just have to keep moving through. So if you start looking at one, we're going to be moving on because I want to show you that there's many places where Thanksgiving is throughout the Bible. Colossians 3, 15 to 17 says this, and this is thanking God for our church. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude or thankfulness in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So for his goodness, for his loving kindness, for his church. And then, in case anything was left out, Paul says, thank God for everything. So <laughs> Paul covers it, right? You cannot get away with, uh, with uh, receiving something and not thanking God. In Ephesians 5, 19 and 20, uh, Paul says, Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then um, he says uh, to the Thessalonian church uh, to thank God in all circumstances. So not only for everything you receive, but wherever you find yourself in life, be thankful, whether good stuff or tough stuff. I want to show you the word for Thanksgiving. You see that? See that? Those three characters? Those are three. That's how you write Thanksgiving in Hebrew. And where we read from this side to this side, they read the opposite direction. Right? So if you ever want to go learn Hebrew, there's no breaks in the words, between the words either, no spaces. So, yeah. There's a saying at, uh, at uh, seminary if you leave your Hebrew for one day, your Hebrew will leave you for two. There's a reason for that. <laughs> it's hard, and I don't know Hebrew. So, um, if we just look at that, those symbols I just showed you, uh, the way that's pronounced is tada, T-O-D-A-H. And a little bit of research on that. Oh, and thank you, Leanna, for this research. There's, <laughs> she did a lot of research on computer, and what I'm trying to talk her into is her and I coming up here. Didn't quite get there this time, but Pray for that. <laughs> and then her by herself, right? Okay. Um, so I have 30 pages here, but obviously can't get to them. So when you come up here to speak, if you research 30 pages, you have to get it down to two. So just so you know. Um, let's look at the word for Thanksgiving. It's a word. It's actually H-A-T-O-D-A-H. Ha, tada. Uh, and it's from the root word Y-A-D-A-H. Uh, it's very closely related to Y-A-D-A, which means intimacy. Now, check this out. The, take these three letters in this word. Um, thanksgiving, it's a thanksgiving that leads us to intimacy with God. If you remove that first article and you just have T-O-D-A-H, uh, the first letter is T-A-W or T-A-U, spelled it different ways. That's the letter. That's how you say the letter, spell the letter. Uh, it's, it means truth. And Jesus said he is the truth. So that's Jesus. right? Um, 
And then the next letter is D-A-L-E-T-H. That's how you say that letter, Daleth. Um, and that means a doorway. And it's a doorway to the third letter, which is H-A-I, that third symbol I showed you. Um, and that means the presence of God. So Thanksgiving means Jesus is a doorway to the presence of God. That's Thanksgiving. So isn't that great? In the words. Yeah, we're done, really. Really, we're done there. That's all you need to know. Uh, but these other 28 pages, no. Um, yeah, you'll, see, you'll see me going through this. Um, anyway, it's amazing. It makes you want to learn Hebrew. You know, because we don't know what's in that. We just say Thanksgiving in our Bible, read past it. But that's what's in that one word. You could imagine what's in that. Um, so the history of Thanksgiving in Canada, I only have two sentences on this, that the indigenous people in Canada have a history of celebrating the fall harvest long before Europeans ever got here. They used to celebrate that anyway. Um, so the Mi'kmaq and other uh, indigenous people across Canada, the harvest came in, they were thankful. Right? Good harvest meant a good winter, get you through, you could survive till the next spring. Um, and the only other thing would be Sir Martin Frobisher, probably Frobisher Bay named after him, and his crew are credited as the first Europeans to celebrate a Thanksgiving ceremony in North America in 1578. So it's not a new uh, celebration that uh, has happened. Um, okay, moving right along. Much research here. Okay. Sorry, I should have left some of those home. Um, what I'm going to do is do a countdown from 10 to 1 of uh, 10 examples in the Bible of 10 instances or people that were thankful in the Bible. And some of them are surprises that uh, you might not think were thankful. Uh, the first one, number 10, is Jonah. And we all know the story of Jonah, probably, that he was supposed to go tell the Ninevites that there was uh, impending wrath of God, and he wouldn't do it. So he runs, and he ends up in the belly of the whale, and he ends up at his lowest point. And there's a theme that runs through this that people usually or often have to get to their lowest point, and when they get to their lowest point, they're the most thankful when God rescues them. Pray we don't have to get to our lowest point, is what I say. Be thankful already, right, in the morning for just life as people said and just uh, your next breath so God rescues Jonah right uh, and Jonah recognizes that and then filled with thankfulness Jonah confesses quote in my, this is in Jonah 2 <coughs> if you want to write any of these down uh, in my distress I called to the Lord and he answered me and then later he says I with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you God um, like I said, Jonah first had to go low, but when he was rescued, as you'll see with all a lot of these overwhelming thanksgiving, as he recognizes, it took a lot to recognize God in his life, but once he did, he was thankful. Number nine, one of the ten lepers that were healed. Remember that story? They come to Jesus, uh, they see him passing or something, and they come to him and they say, uh, Master, have pity on us. And so Jesus asks them to go visit the priests, and as they're going on their way, they're healed. And one comes back, right, one. And Jesus himself says, uh, were, were not ten healed? 
right? Where are the other nine? And <clears throat> this man stood out from the crowd because of his thankfulness. Um, he, he was overwhelmed with uh, the goodness of God, right? And if you think about the other nine, we could ask ourselves, would we be the one or would we be in the crowd of the other nine, right? How much have we received from God and not, uh, you know, given appropriate thanks? Number eight, Moses. This is Exodus 14 and 15. So if there's anybody that should have been thankful, it should have been Moses because he had this amazing, intimate relationship with God. And interestingly enough, there's not a lot in the writings of Moses that are overt thankfulness. But underneath, it's just endless. Um, after all the plagues and all the parting of the sea and all this, uh, they sang a song. And a song that doesn't mention specifically the word thanksgiving, but one that has thanksgiving implications all the way through. You could put on the end of, for example, in the song, Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. Thank you, Lord. Right? Um, your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. Thank you, Lord. Right? Who among the gods is like you? Thank you, Lord. Etc. 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 It's there. Right? Uh, number seven. The man formerly known as Legion. Remember the story in the Bible? There was a man who couldn't be chained. For some reason, you read these stories hundreds of times, and what stuck with me in this one, this time when I read it, was chains. And I was thinking, well, the chains, they weren't, they weren't like chains today. But they had to have anchors on boats. They had to have chains that would hold things. And this fellow could snap chains or break chains, it says, right? Um, he was, he had a spear. He was cutting himself on rocks, right? Um, and then Jesus comes along and takes the spirit, legion, out of him, sends it into pigs, and they go, out, they go over the cliff and into the water and drown. Um, says the man uh, is himself again. He's calm and he's dressed now. Uh, the eyewitnesses are so blown away that they ask Jesus to leave the area. Interesting response. When good stuff happens, it's scary. Yeah, when God shows up, he takes up a lot of room, they say, right? <laughs> It's messy. Well well yeah. yeah, things get messy. Um, the man, though, feels just the opposite. He wants to stick to Jesus like glue, you know, at this point. Uh, a big reason is because of his thankfulness for what Jesus had done. Jesus instead encourages the man to return home. You know, you have a family, go home. Uh, the man does, and he can't seem to stop telling people about Jesus along the way, right, what he did for him. Uh, he had a thankful testimony, right? Again, he was at, it's hard to get much lower than that, really. I mean, that situation, uh, as was described in the Bible, and then to be lifted up out of that, be set free and sent back to the family. Wow, you know, thankfulness. Number six, Mary, the mother of Jesus. This is in Luke 1 and 2. Legion wasn't Mark 5, by the way. So Luke 1 and 2, um, 
how thankful is Mary when she first found out that uh, she, uh, you know, was pregnant. It wasn't until, after, wasn't until after she went to see Elizabeth, her cousin, that uh, Elizabeth said, how blessed you are. How blessed you are. And I also am with child. And somewhere in that process, Mary seemed to realize how blessed she was, right? Whether, oh, it's not an impossibility. Elizabeth also is with child. Because um, one verse later in Luke, Mary breaks out in praise and thanksgiving, saying things like, God has done great things for me. Uh, it's an unmis it's uh, it's a it's a lengthy intimate statement of thanksgiving, right? That uh, that she realizes how blessed she is. Number five, Luke seven, the woman who anointed Jesus. If you're here a few weeks ago, um, Shelley, I spoke on this lady. Um, can a person be too thankful? From God's perspective, no. Maybe from man's, maybe. Um, seems to be the case in Luke 7. A woman known as sinful just lavishes love upon Jesus, particularly his feet. And it must have made the onlookers uncomfortable, right? She cries so much that her tears of thanks wet Jesus' feet. You can imagine tears that would actually wet feet enough that they would have to be wiped off with long hair, as they would have in that day. Um, and then she kisses them dry, or kisses them, you know, repeatedly. How embarrassing or how uncomfortable would this Thanksgiving be, you know? And a theme also that runs through this is people are not worried when they're uh, in the throes of Thanksgiving what other people around them think. They are free to be worshipers of God or thankful to God. Uh, and then finally she pours perfume on his feet. The response is loving, but it's also tremendously thankful. Her over-the-top thanksgiving convicts us it has no fear, no boundaries, right? Um, she just puts herself out there and thinks, who cares what anyone else thinks? Interesting in that passage that she's the only representative in, in everybody I'm going to mention here, and I know others in the Bible as well, who speaks no words, sings no song, writes no psalm, says nothing, makes no utterance. She's a doer, not a talker. She lets her actions proclaim her thankfulness. You know, so who needs to speak? Just do, right? Sometimes, right? Actions speak louder than words sometimes. Uh, number four, the father of the prodigal. This is in Luke 15. I think we know the story that the son comes and says, give me my inheritance. And he leaves, he squanders the inheritance. And the father every day is standing out on the hill watching, seeing him, see, where's my son? And then one day, sure enough, his, something appears on the horizon, his son's coming. And uh, he runs, you know, um, Think about how undignified or embarrassing it would have been for a Palestinian-type father to hike up his robe and run to meet a son who pretty much said, drop dead, when he asked for an early inheritance, you know? Palestinian men did not do that. Did not haul up their robes and run along, you know? They didn't do that. Um, too dignified, right? 
Like the sinful woman above, the father doesn't seem to care about what any of the neighbors are thinking. He's thankful to see his son again. He proclaims, the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. That's just about the most thankful statement in scripture. But, you know, if you, if you think about the depth of that. Um, what's especially encouraging is knowing who the father figure is supposed to be, is supposed to represent. He represents God in this story, right? And God is very thankful. Remember the scripture says that uh, even the angels in heaven rejoice and give thanks when one sinner repents? Imagine God's thankfulness when we turn, right? When all these examples turn and come back and are restored, he wants us restored. He wants us successful, right? He wants us in a good place, right? God's heart hurts when we are not doing well. Number three, another surprise, Nebuchadnezzar. Remember Nebuchadnezzar uh, and his whole world that he was, uh, we call it the epitome of pride, right? He says in Daniel 4, he's on top of the royal palace walking around looking out over his kingdom, over what he has built. And he says, is not this the great Babylon I have built by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Right? Pride. Right? Comes before a fall. Basically, his story begins with a surprising amount of I and my, and it ends, though, with a lot of God. How is this possible? God reduces Nebuchadnezzar to a wild animal. He lives remotely, alone. He eats grass. Uh, dew soaks him at night, his hair goes out like eagle's feathers, his fingernails grow down like claws, and he's basically out of his mind right during this time. Now you can imagine being in that state, just like Legion, being in some kind of state where you don't have control and you have no good thing in your life, and then to be, it says he raised his eyes towards heaven, and then God restored him. He praised the Most High. Similar to the love uh, discussed above, humility, like the kind Nebuchadnezzar experienced, is often wrapped up inextricably with thankfulness. That kind of love and appreciation. You just, your heart overwhelms with thankfulness. We see Thanksgiving hiding behind his words of praise and respect for God. Uh, Daniel 4, 34 and 35. And why wouldn't there be after this low, low state, and then you're raised to such a high place with a deep relationship with God. Number two is Hannah. This is in 1 Samuel 1 and 2. Uh, her name is practically synonymous with thanks, thankfulness and thanksgiving. At a desperation, she asked the Lord for a son. She was barren, and she was getting older, and she asked God for a son. And she said uh, up front, God, if you answer my prayer now, Here's how I'll thank you later, basically. She commits her yet-to-be-born son to God's service. Uh, quote, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. This was Samuel, of course, she was giving. Um, this is extreme, extreme thanks. Wait all your life for a child. As soon as a child's born, <coughs> give the child away. Uh, to God, right? as a, an example of your thanks. Uh, 
she said things like this. I delight in your deliverance. My heart rejoices in the Lord. Right? Gave the child away and she was in a rejoicing, thankful state because she knew this gift was from God. She had no doubt where her child came from. And number one is David. Second Samuel 6. Um, and this research uh, said it's not a fair fight because uh, for David to be number one in this, after all, look at all the evidence. He wrote so many songs, and how can anyone else compete? Um, but it doesn't at all remove all the thankfulness of all the other people in any way or lessen it in any way. Uh, he wrote so many Thanksgiving psalms, and the reason he did is God was always in the forefront of David's mind, regardless of what happened to him in his life. Um, he had an unprecedented awareness of God's blessing, protection, presence, and judgment in his life. If he defeated Goliath, then it was because of God. If his army was successful or victorious, it was because of God. If his nation enjoyed peace, it was because of God's protection. If David suffered pain, it was because of God. And he, he used to thank God in all uh, states. Um, all these things naturally that led to thanksgiving because of his awareness of God in his life. Um, but some of the Psalms give this glimpse into David, but uh, there's another story recorded by someone else about him, and it was about the time he brought the ark back to Jerusalem. First time he tried to bring the ark back, um, what was his name, Yuza, uh, the oxen stumble, and Yuza reaches out and goes to steady the ark, mm -hmm. and he dies on the spot. We do not need to help God, right? We do not need, God does not need help. Trust, in other words, that the oxen will be okay, it'll steady, it'll be all right. I would tend to reach out and steady it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's his hands. Um, the second attempt was different, certainly a more thankful occasion. With the ark in the house of Obed-Edom, what happened after that death, uh, instead of the, the road divided, instead of the ark going up to Jerusalem, it went off on this other path, stopped in front of the home of Obed-Edom, and uh, there it remained. Uh, and then so David knew where it was, so they go up to get the ark. So David's assistants or servants picked up the ark, took six steps. They didn't die, so they stopped, and David sacrificed a bull right there and then I think he kept doing that every six steps or something for a while um, and a calf a bull and a calf to God out of thanks and the next thing you know David is quote unquote dancing before the Lord with all his might right and we know the story that his wife at the time Michal M-I-C-H-A-L Michal uh, she took exception to this she didn't appreciate him dancing because he was practically dancing out of his robes. Again, totally unaware of those around him, right? He was dancing for God out of thankfulness. Michal said, um, for uncovering himself before others, she used words like shameful to describe his behavior. Uh, and David basically tells her that he was dancing for an audience of one, right? Dancing before dances if no one's watching. Just like you do at home, right, in your living room. Just dance for God, right? Singing in the shower. Um, 
And that's all that mattered to David, right? It was before God he danced. The one who'd chosen him, appointed him. With all that in mind, David celebrated before the Lord. But the Michal in us tends to want to, you know, in our embarrassment, tamp that down a little bit. Rain, rain that in within the boundaries of normal Christian thankfulness, couldn't you? <laughs> Would you mind? You know, you're embarrassing me. So all that, uh, just to say, we have to free up ourselves in general, and we have to free up our thankfulness to God. I don't do it that much, but, um, you know, uh, let's work towards it. There was a list of, and I'm almost done, all the books in the Bible, or 31 out of the 66, and the amount of times thankfulness uh, or thanksgiving is mentioned. I'm wondering, I bet you're wondering what this one is, eh? That book right there is Colossians. And there's hardly a sentence in Colossians that doesn't say, thank you, Lord. It's all about thanksgiving. Some other ones there, too, but out of the books that do mention it, out of the 31 that mention it, out of the 66, Colossians far outstrips any other book uh, in mentioning thanksgiving. Um, so if you're doing a study later based on some of these scriptures, look in Colossians, or if you're ever um, thinking about if you're having a tough time in life and thinking, where could I be thankful? Yes, go to the Psalms, but also go to Colossians. One scripture, if you want to take one with you, is Colossians 2, 6 and 7. It says this. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, right, talking about our reception of our Lord and Savior, where we should always start, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Now that you have him, continue to live your lives in him. Verse 7, rooted, so good foundation, and built up, right, so strength here, strength here, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Right, as a result of our relationship with Jesus, we should every day be overflowing with thankfulness. So just a couple concluding uh, words. When we receive something, we have a choice. So you could, you could have not received it. But say you have received something. Uh, and I've kind of narrowed these down to three potential responses you can have whenever you receive something. First response, you could always be thankful. This is a choice. Second response, I want something different. <laughs> Got this, want something different. Third response, I want something more. Right? Those last two are unthankful. There's really only two ways <laughs> to break this down is either I'm appreciative of life, of what I have, or I'm looking at my neighbor with envy or some other place and saying, I wish I had that, you know? I'm not happy with what I've received. Every day it's a choice. And I think we have an unfair advantage because having Jesus in our lives, to me, that gives us a foot up because we have a reason to be thankful that's so obvious. You know, other people it might not be obvious. 
So to me, our response to thankfulness is determined by our faith or our trust in God. Right? If I believe him, if I trust him, then I should be able to be thankful regardless of my situation instead of looking over. Because the grass is always greener, right? It's always. But he's made us to lie in green pastures. Made us to. Right? We wanted something that we thought was good. But I had this uh, thought the other day that um, I could base my life and my whole thing on the 15 things I can consider. Or I could trust God who can consider 15 billion things at once and base my life and trust on that. So am I going to base it on these few little things? Or am I going to trust him that he can weigh everything? That was the end from the beginning. Um, so if we trust God, then regardless of the outcome, we can still be thankful and say with Job, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Thanks be to God. Job 121. Leave you with that thought.